are all miracles and must make the most of our limited time here. Each of us have these unique gifts to contribute to the world. And it's our job to develop these gifts and give them away. That's why I created the Preschool SLP podcast. The Preschool SLP is about working smarter to create real change in ourselves and in others. Being an SLP is a mission. It's about showing up every single day. It's about giving all of yourself. It's about evaluating your work. It's about innovating practice to change lives. Every single week, let's discuss topics that matter. What are the game-changing strategies? How can we treat the whole child? How can we create the truest and shiniest versions of ourselves and of our clients? We're here at the drawing board for a reason. You bring your own unique gifts. Together, let's create better. I'm so excited to join you today from Fort Worth, Texas. What an amazing city. If you've never been here before, seriously, you've got to check it out. I love that it's both traditional. They have a lot of Western stockyards, rodeos, all of that good stuff. But they also have a very modern component to the city, which is very modern. And it's a lot of uh, open parks in the open air in the middle of the city. It's quite an extraordinary city. I love it. I hope that you get to check out Fort Worth, Texas, if you haven't already, put it on your list. So what am I doing in Fort Worth, Texas? I am so honored because I was invited to speak by the Texas Speech and Hearing Association about my dreamiest topic yet. And that is how to use task-oriented movement activities when treating speech sound disorders to improve executive function, language, literacy, motor skills. So basically, it's how do we treat the whole child when we're treating speech sound disorders. It was a dreamy topic. I had a blast every minute and I hope the crowd did as well. It was a three and a half hour long presentation. So my voice is a little scratchy right now because I just finished that presentation and got back. I'm staying here at this really swanky Airbnb. It's kind of a modern Airbnb with a lot of props and artwork all over the place as uh, kind of staging um, things. So one of the funny things that they have here on the coffee table is this book here. It's not really a book. It's empty. It's like a big old fashioned book if you're on the podcast, but if you open it, there's nothing inside. And it looks kind of like a Harry Potter wizard book, right? So I think this is the perfect prop to introduce what we're gonna talk about today, which is my secret productivity hack. So I'm gonna share with you my secret productivity hack. And if you're watching me on YouTube, you're going to see that I have this very old antique fake book with nothing inside from my Airbnb coffee table. Pretty exciting business. Dun, da, da, da. So I'm going to share with you my secret productivity hack. It took me many years and a lot of reading because if you know me, I read about four 
time management self-help books a week for a really good time. So I'm always looking at how can I improve myself? How can I be more productive? How can I be more efficient? How can I create more because I want to give more? I think our time in this world is very short. And all I want to do is give as much as possible. In order to do that, I'm always trying to improve myself. So this one uh, latest book that I read was by Michael Hyatt and his wife and his, I mean, his daughter, Megan uh, Miller Hyatt. And they talked a lot about multitasking and they talked about how multitasking is really a time management killer. And let me explain why. There's two reasons why multitasking is a real killer. The first reason is it takes a lot of mental effort to one, orient your attention into an activity and two, to shift your attention away from an activity. So what the research indicates is that this multitasking in orienting your attention and shifting your attention results in 40% less productivity. That's huge. So we don't want to multitask in which we leave one unfinished task for another. It's not a good thing. Another reason why we don't want to multitask is because of a phenomenon known as attention residue. So attention residue means when you leave a task unfinished, you continue thinking about that task when you move into another task. And that means you're more likely to make errors on the next task, and you're going to be able to produce a lower quality product because you're not over able to fully invest yourself into the new project you're working on. So you're not able to use your full capacity. And as a result, you're going to get a lower quality product and you're going to make more errors. So we don't want to do multitasking for two reasons. One, in terms of quantity, because it takes time to shift attention and it takes time to orient attention. So we lose time in that manner. And secondly, for quality, because you're divided between multiple tasks, your attention and your capacity is divided as well. Leaving one task unfinished leaves it in your mind. So we don't want to multitask. What do we want to do instead? The technique I'm going to talk about today is a game changer. It's called time boxing. And just like it sounds, we're going to put tasks in a box and assign them in a blocked off time on our calendar. So let's talk about how we're going to do that. So basically, when you go into your Google Calendar, you've probably in the past made a lot of Zoom meetings as a speech pathologist for teletherapy and for IEPs. What we're going to do instead is make that meeting with yourself. So if you're like myself, you have a time in your day, a 30-minute, 45-minute time, which is not therapy time. It's time that you have set aside for paperwork or for testing or for IEP meetings and that you're not scheduled for therapy. So for myself, from 3 to 3.30 every day, generally, that is a non-therapy time. That's changing, but I'm always having some half hour in the day that I want to carve out. That time has to be non-negotiable. What you're going to do is go to your Google Calendar and you're going to block off that time and you're going to assign it to one task. 
what task would that be? It's going to be what we call an MIT. What is an MIT? I'm not talking about the university. It's a most important task. So we're going to pick the five most important tasks during the week work week that you have as a speech language pathologist. What I'm going to use is I'm going to use my five most important tasks. So on Monday, I'm going to use a little alliteration. Got to get that English degree in here somehow. I'm going to have Medicaid Monday. So on Monday, with that half hour time, I'm going to do nothing, but I'm going to sign from 3 to 3.30, Medicaid. That's what I do on Mondays. On Tuesday, I'm going to call it Testing Tuesday. That's when I'm going to score up my test. So perhaps when I score up the test, I'm going to email test results to other members of the team, or I'm going to email test results to parents. That's only for testing Tuesday. That's time that I'll only use to score and share results on tests. On Wednesday, I'm going to call that Web Wednesday. On Web Wednesday is when I'm going to email parents the weekly home practice. So you know that I like to give Google Slides to my parents and share the link every Wednesday to support what we're doing in therapy at school. Now I do that on Wednesday because half of the children have already started their therapy. It's a good middle of the week where many of the children already have experiences from therapy to bring into the home practice. So on Wednesday, all I do from 3 to 3.30 is I'm going to mark off on my Google Calendar. This is just parent email time for parent email, parent correspondence, web Wednesday. Now, all of these times that I have marked off on my calendar, I'm going to make sure to have them as reoccurring meetings. So every Wednesday is Web Wednesday from 3 to 3.30. That's when I get my parent emails done with the weekly home practice. Now we're going to look at Thursday. Thursday, I call thorough Thursdays. And that's when I complete my IEP paperwork and I make sure that I have my absences up to date and any other loose paperwork that I need to, to accomplish. Maybe I need to amend goals. Maybe I need to do an exit form. Thorough Thursday is let's get to the paperwork done. This is where we cross our T's, dot our I's in our IEP paperwork and bureaucratic paperwork. Fun day Fridays. On Fridays, I like to take the end of the day Friday to set up my movement activities for the next week. I set them up at the end of the day on Friday and I'm one and done. So Monday through Friday of the next week, I'm going to use those same two movement activities all week with my entire caseload. What's going to change is the child's goal. So perhaps maybe they are using an articulation goal in which they're saying their treatment targets to access the movement activity. Perhaps they're using augmentative communication to access the activity. Perhaps they're using speech uh, language. They're using language goals in which they're telling the narrative of how to perform the activity and then they're accessing the activity. Perhaps they're using fluent speech and telling a story and then they're accessing the activity. The activity is the same for every child on the caseload. What I'm doing is changing the goal, and I'm also going to adapt the activity child by child based on the individual child's needs. So I am on Friday 
going to set up for the entire week the next week. I know what the theme is, is in the sound of the week, because I'm using the same sound and theme that the teachers I work with are using and that the occupational therapist is using. So we're all waves moving in the same direction. So if you want to know more about my movement activities, check out my Facebook group. And you can see that from kellyvesslp.com. You can connect there. And there I share the photos of the movement activities and the checklists that I use each week. And other great people share their ideas and their movement activities and the checklists they use as well. So it's a really nice place where we can collaborate and corroborate and share ideas and grow together. So that's the five days of the week. Every day of the week, I have a reoccurring meeting. I treat it like any other meeting. You don't just willy-nilly change the, the, um, the meeting in terms of what the agenda is, or you don't just willy-nilly cancel it. This is time set aside, as some people would say, to eat the frog, to do the important work and make sure the important work gets done. I identified these five areas as myself first as a preschool speech language pathologist that are the most important parts of my job that are non-therapy time. Those are the jobs that I don't want to be doing all five of those things in one half hour period and finding that I'm getting nothing done and I'm making lots of errors in the process. Instead, I want a time box. So once again, one topic one blocked off time, a reoccurring meeting that happens every day of the week to make it habitual. So I hope that my secret, I'm going to get out my propaganda, my secret productivity hack is useful to you. I love to use Google calendars, not only during the weekday, but also for my personal and social goals outside of the workday. So for instance, I wake up early and from 6 to 8 a.m., I like to work on my book. So I block, I block that time out, 6 to 8 a.m. is writing time. The same thing in the evening, I work out every evening and I block off the time from 9 to 9.30 p.m. for my workout in the evening. So I treat it in my Google calendars as a reoccurring meeting that occurs every single day in the case of working out or in the case of working on my book. So it's the same thing. You're making meetings with yourself to get things done that are important to you. So remember your MITs. Your MITs are your most important task. And we want to make sure that these tasks are dealt with and that are completed in a high quality manner and also in an efficient manner. And we can do that by time boxing. So the takeaway here is to time box your time by blocking off meeting time for yourself for a task. And it's a non-negotiable. Have that meeting time on Google Calendar be reoccurring so that you're getting it done in a timely manner and not procrastinating and reorganizing your junk drawer instead. All right, well, I hope that these takeaways have been great for you as they are for me. And I'll see you next Thursday. Have a great night. Bye-bye.